The New Marketing Show is brought to you by Trinity Web Media. TrinityWebMedia.com. Trinity Web Media solves business problems with intelligent web development and digital marketing. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the New Marketing Show, the marketing podcast where we talk about how effective marketing and web development solve business problems. Today, not only am I joined with my co-host Kevin Eberly, co-founder of Trinity Web Media, we're joined with a special, special guest. So we're joined with Mike Cassidy, Senior Vice President of the YMCA, the East Bay, here in California, and he's coming to us. Coming to everyone from Kauai on vacation with the family. So, Kevin, first of all, how are you today? Greg, doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing excellent. I'm super excited to catch up with my buddy, Mike. Mike, thanks so much for taking time and being with us here. Oh, thank you. I, I'm i flattered. I hope I do the invite justice today. Oh, please. As long as you don't talk about baseball and who won the World Series, <laughs> I think that you and I will be good. All right. We'll be safe. <laughs> I, I don't even think we're going to be safe because – so backstory there, Kevin, is Mike is a big Red Sox fan. Growing up in Massachusetts, correct? Right? Yes, sir. Growing up in Massachusetts, you know, you and I are Jersey kids, Kevin. You know, we have our allegiance to one team. And and undoubtedly, Mike has just a big allegiance to his own team, which is pretty cool in its own kind of way that I can't believe that I just said that it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it gives me uh, gets me any more in your graces, I did marry a Yankee. You did. Fan. That's right. Lynn is Lynn is a Yankee fan, is she not? Right. Yes, she is. Excellent. So, you know, Kev, I've known Mike now for oh my gosh, probably close to ten years, close to nine, ten years. And I remember you were working at YMCA in Arizona, and was it North Scottsdale, or and you opened the Cave Creek one, right? Yep. And. Desert Foothills. Desert Foothills, correct. And then we all went to WordCamp San Francisco. It was like the motley crew of crews went to WordCamp San Francisco. It was me, Josh, Chuck, Connery, Crisati, all of us. And we invited Mike to go to an Oakland A's game. And you just moved out to the San Francisco area. And I think it was July of 2013. Does that sound right? I think so, yeah, or 2012. 2012 yeah, or 2013. Yeah. And me and Mike sat, undoubtedly, in the coldest July baseball game ever. <laughs> and you just moved out there, and your one daughter was with us. And I remember she was not thrilled to be moving to the Bay Area. And you were wondering whether or not this is going to work out and all of that stuff. And I think from a distance now, many years removed, I think it's worked out pretty well for you. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Madison was, uh, God, she was 12 yeah. at the time and she, she was one angry child when we moved here, but it's, uh, you know what? She's thrived. We've thrived and it's been, great. And, and it's been great, you know, from, you know, knowing your family and watching, you know, Madison grow up to be a, a collegiate athlete and, you know, all the things that she's accomplished over the years. So that's been awesome. Thank you. So, what are you up to nowadays? I mean, I know, you know, I know you're active in the fitness community. I know you're active in the health space, you know, being senior vice president of the YMCA and active CrossFitter. And one of the inspirations to keep me in shape and get me back in shape as I get in shape, get out of shape, get in shape, get out of shape 
watching you. But lately, you know, I know that you're you have a new initiative that I really want to learn more about. You know, fighting diabetes here in in the East Bay. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, it goes. You know, I'm on fire. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what started it, but you know, if you look at our current healthcare system, it's always in the news. Right. It's based more on managing disease, suppressing symptoms than it is on preventing or reversing disease or really promoting health. And um, there I was in my, you know, office chair beating the crap out of the healthcare system. And um, when I looked at how we could make a difference, I thought, you know what, I, I've kind of been proud of the problem. I'm part of this um, fitness cycle that, um, you know, we embrace those yo-yo things. And we, we didn't create any programs that were getting people to really, you know, break up with their past life. And it, you know, so I, I just kind of had an epiphany. I wrote it in my journal back in April. I said, fitness coaching system. That's all I wrote. I wrote the kind of like a skeleton of it. And then, um, you know, I'm not going to take credit for, for any of it. It, it has to do with the quality of the fitness team I worked with um, over a number of months. And then I, as it started to come to life and they really started to own it, I said, you know what? We, we're really onto something here. We are rewriting fitness in the YMCA. And I got a, I got a little bold. I said, okay, we, don't, we didn't have a big hairy right. goal. And um, I said, you know what? I'm going to slap. I'm going to back into a big hairy goal. Uh, we want to eradicate or, or make uh, type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetes in the East Bay communities history. And the second thing is there's a massive failure rate in fitness. I mean, Greg, I've fallen off sure. just as many times as you have. So we, we know what that feels like. But, you know, constantly 50% of the people um, fall off. I mean, you know, is this going to, is this podcast going to air after January 1st? If it does, our people are already working right. on their excuses wow. uh, for why they, why they didn't meet these goals. And um, so we, you know, I busted out of our echo chamber, you know, we're so great. We're so great. I, I, I made a self-assessment that for decades I was part of this problem. You know, I was part of the renovation of God, almost 20, a couple dozen YMCAs and I threw thousands of treadmills and ellipticals with really no depth of engagement Our coaching. We called it coaching, but it was like 50 machines in 50 minutes. And it, it really wasn't, um, it wasn't getting to the root cause and it wasn't really preventing it. That's like, that, that's a huge, I mean, that's a huge undertaking and knowing, you know, from your experience, I mean, that's gotta be, you know, as daunting as it is rewarding. Yeah, and Mike, you mentioned the fitness coaching system. What does that mean? Um, well, you know, if you go in right now, you get what's called an orientation. Uh, well, we we uh, we rewrote that, um, and we created a fitness coaching system where uh, members come in, and they're now guided into one of four different types of workouts, and. Um, you only learn five movements or five machines. Uh, so it's a better launch pad, a more um, sensible launch pad. You also do it with three other members. So it's a group of four. So what we're trying to do is build these micro communities within a, within a fitness environment using the, the 
fitness as a vehicle for community building and That's behavior fantastic. change. I love the fact that you guys are pairing people up together as part of the orientation. Yeah, and if you you know we're, what we're hoping is these communities will build, and if you you know if you get your coaching session or your training session at at a time where you're going to come, you're going to start seeing those people again. It's just another level of accountability for yourself and a support structure and network. That's awesome because accountability is everything. Like to us, like what you just described, like in the marketing dev world, it's pretty much a a comprehensive onboarding process. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I I actually listened to your prior podcast on problems to prepare for this one. So you were the one? yeah, <laughs> we got all excited this afternoon. You're the second one because our mother is this, the other one. <laughs> right. yeah. So, so yeah, you owe me sushi dinner. There you go. Anytime. Don't worry about it. Right, and if we mention Chuck Reynolds, uh, he owes a sushi dinner too. Right. All right. Well, Chuck Reynolds has been mentioned almost on all 51 of these episodes now. <laughs> That's um, a lot of sushi dinners. That is. But in your yeah. In your process, listen, acknowledge, empathize, uh, set new expectations, deliver and execute. Um, When dealing with a client problem, it's very similar in the member service world. Obviously, listening is key. In fact, YMCA, the USA has a a training called Listen First. Um, But the empathize and care are are significant. You know, we can never make, you never want to make someone wrong. You don't want to make a member wrong. Oh, your lifestyle's been wrong. You don't want to make a customer wrong. Um, and then setting, you know, realistic ex- expectations. You know, we have this problem with goals. I've set this goal and there was a study. I, I wish I could reference it. I tried to find it. I couldn't. There was a study done in the UK that when you set a goal and you say it out loud, you get the same endorphins as if you accomplished it. Oh, wow. That's wow. interesting. So it's, uh, you know, so goal, goals are great. What we want to try, what I'm trying to do is to shift people from, um, goals you know oh i want to lose weight and rather make it um let that be an outcome to pursuing and achieving the healthiest and fittest version of you i absolutely love that that's very similar to how we speak to clients that revenue is not a marketing goal it's a byproduct of meeting your goals and that's pretty much exactly and if you do do that what, what ends up happening like in our world is you start to fall in love with the process of getting of doing things and not doing things for measurable results of course you know everybody's held to the fire at the end whether or not something is successful but there also has to be something along the way that's more attainable and more instant and sometimes that's just doing the best that you can on that very day that that's spot on i mean if i could get every member to fall in love with the process of, of achieving a healthier lifestyle more than the outcome. My, my God, you know, if we could, if we could come up with that, whatever that is, that, that nugget, and we could, we could change the world. I'm already going to try and change the world. I'm, I got a big, bold, hairy goal. Right, right. Um, and I'm, I'm going to push it. So Mike, you also mentioned the East Bay. Why is this so important to the East Bay? It's, it's the community where my YMCA sits. Uh, we have the entire East Bay in our service area. Um, 22% sedentarism, 
20, uh, 18% pre-diabetic or diabetes or uh, diabetes too. So, I mean, there's, the need is definitely there. You know, in the United States, 40% of deaths are related to chronic disease. That's and chronic disease means people could change that. Right. So I, I, people are suffering and literally dying because of things they could have controlled. And that, that, that troubles me because, you know, membership is membership. If you take a look at the fitness industry, membership's increasing. Right. If you take a look at the health of the nation, uh, chronic disease is increasing almost at a parallel rate. That that's a problem. And that's why I start jumping up and down when I talk about this failure rate in fitness. For some reason, people, it's it's not sticking. And we've got to get it to stick. So, so what have you done? What have you done to get member buy-in or stakeholder buy-in or other buy-in from, you know, your constituents that you work with and that you serve? Uh, well, this coaching system launches January 1st. So I'm really nervous about it, um, which is why I'm. Uh, I, I kind of enjoy talking about it. So I don't know yet. Right. So we have the coaching system we're going to go after. And then further, I have plans further down the road, um, which I haven't even put in front of our um, team of fitness directors, only because this is so big. I have I have got to let this launch. Uh, it's got to evolve a little bit, and we've got to make it sticky um, before I mess with the next thing. But I, I definitely have more stuff on the horizon. Right. I read somewhere, oh God, I wish I could attribute it to so, this to someone. I read somewhere that um, to, to learn attention, it takes a ton of detail. And to learn attention to detail, look at high consequence, high consequence environments. So there's, there's a reason that Navy SEAL commanders and uh, base jumpers are better at details than a YMCA vice president. Right. They live in those, they, they live in those high consequence environments. So what I've done is I have, I have mentally shifted my mindset and made my work and the work of our fitness team high consequence. So, so what are some of the metrics that audiences listening, you know, what, what metrics do you really want to see change? Uh, I'd like to see membership retention at the YMCA's uh, five branches to go up. And I, I would like to see the community health needles move. Um, you know, a decrease in chronic disease, um, decrease in, which is, you know, one of them is diabetes too. Um, and the retention going up and, and our level of participation would be moving that, uh, that failure in fitness um, needle. Well, it seems like, it seems to me like you know coming from an outsider of a fitness world that participates, you know that if you can increase getting people to fall in love with the process, that the membership retainment or you know retaining members kind of takes care of itself. Is that true, or is that or am I am I wrong thinking that way? No, it does. It does. But you know, you've got to cultivate it, and you've got to it's it's uh, right. You got to you got to care for it. You know, the entire time. The other thing too is, you know, and you know, Greg, as a participant, I see, you know, I see you working with sleds and weights and things like that. It retire, it, it requires, grit. I mean, it requires grit. I mean, if you are not, you have to be able to sit with a process and not see any results for a period of time. And that's, that's not easy in our society today when you can, 
you know, hop on Amazon and get something in five minutes. Yeah, 100%. And like one of those same things is like, you know, like in the marketing world, in the development world, the strategies and what we, Kevin and I put in play at Trinity Web Media and everything is like, we don't see instant results. So for us, like, just like you, we have to get our clients to buy into the process that there is light at the end of the tunnel. You're just not going to see it for a little while. Yep, absolutely. You know, Kevin, it's, it is a great question. You know, what are, what are the metrics? And I, I got to steal a line from Ben Bergeron. He said, he says, you know what? We're going to measure our success when our members are in their 90s. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, totally. That, that, that's absolutely that, – I mean, and I just listened to an interview with Ben Bergeron and uh, and Katrina – is it Davis? Oh, or, yeah. Uh, Catherine Davis' daughter. Catherine oh. Ka- Davis' daughter uh, on the Julie yeah. Fouché podcast. And he really preached about, you know, when, when he's coaching people – it's, you know, and, and they say, well, what did you think about that time? Or what did you think about this? Or what did you think about that? He says, it doesn't matter. Yeah. What did you think about the process? What did you think about going through it? How did you feel about going through it? You know, so much of what, so much of what a marketing firm does and so much of like what you're doing right now is we have to really be committed to the long journey because we're not going to see results right away. You know, we're not, you're not going to see results with somebody pushing a sled up and down a 40 yard runway, you know, six times in a, on a Saturday, you know, Kevin and I aren't going to see results right away from a, a, a comprehensive content strategy. So by getting people to fall in love and buying in, falling, falling in love with the process and buying into the bigger picture, I think that's what starts to move the needle. I think that that's the first indicator that the needle is moving. What do you guys think? I agree. I think that it comes down to two things. Most, you know, in marketing, consistency and education. And this is very similar. Yeah, exactly. And what, what Mike, what you're talking about falls right in parallel with that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, the other thing Bergeron pushes also too is control what you can control. And that's, right. part, of, that's part of the education piece. You know, you can't control right. the weather. You can't control the other athletes. You can't control a bad judge. You know, there's things in the fitness world you can't control. I can't control traffic. The member trying to get to the Y, parking headaches and things like that. And But what can I control? I can control how I react to that. I can't control the fact that somebody in our office continues to bring in Dunkin' Donuts and being a kid from Massachusetts is crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I did hear Bergeron say that, you know, if your goal is to go for a run on a Saturday morning, and he's based out of New England, I believe, he and it's snowing that morning, you may not even – you, your goal, you may fall short of your goal without even getting out of bed. Yep. But having to will and having to want and being in love with doing the activity sometimes is enough to get you over that hump so that you can figure out how to accomplish the goal. That's, that's spot on. And, and, and like your company and, and the strategies you develop, it all starts with trust. If we're not establishing that membership that trust with our member, it's it's done because we're going to have to um, we're going to have to put pressure on their excuses, mm-hmm. um, and and we know the pathway, we know the process: strength, mobility, metabolic conditioning, nutrition, sleep. We know we we know. I you know I walk around this resort and I'm like, my God, I could save all these people's lives. <laughs> but, but, you know, they don't know me from Adam. So unless we establish that trust right. early on, right, um, we're going to fail. 
do you think that sometimes, like, you know, in establishing that trust, that if your initiative is so big in the beginning of it, do you think that establishing trust is more difficult than having smaller, more measurable, attainable goals and, and moving in like iterations and increments? Yeah. You know, trust is, trust is tough. Um, it's funny. Somebody will trust, right. uh, you know, they'll buy something, you know, they'll buy a supplement before they'll trust an individual standing in front of them. We design the coaching system so that there's a significant amount of interaction and we talk about behaviors and we try and go to where the member is currently at. Um, much like in your work, you go to where the customer is currently at, but we're not telling them they're, we're not judging right. them. We're not telling them they're bad. What we're doing is trying to create a framework and a pathway so that they say, okay, with these small incremental result changes, behavior change, um, you can get exponential results over time. You know, I think it's that uh, I think it's Tony Robbins says, look, people always overestimate what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in three years, seven years, 10 years. Yeah. If you make them feel wrong or dumb, you're going to alienate them from the jump. Damn right. That is spot on. And you can't, you can't, you cannot, you, you know, you said it in that previous podcast, you cannot make them feel wrong. Right. And it's sometimes it, so sometimes it's, it's, it's a difficult thing, but it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's critical of being a good human, not to, you know, they know that they're wrong. They know that, you know, things aren't working and it's just good. Being a good team member is more about, you know, picking somebody up sometimes than it is kicking them in the butt. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, and, um, and it's, you know, and your workouts shouldn't be, you know, you don't want to leave them laying on the floor. You know, you don't, you <laughs> want to make it so that they've learned what they're capable of every time they come in. And sometimes it's a new skill. Sometimes it's a new movement. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, this is, it's going to be deep, deep work, you know, um, and I'm excited about it. So, Mike, am I am I far off from saying that you know most of this initiative is mindset? No, not far off at all. Um, in fact, as I was developing it, I had a conversation with my boss, our CEO, and nice. And as I was talking about it, he he said, "You know what? You have to reread. Um, I think it's Carolyn Dweck's book, Growth Mindset." Yep. And. Um, God, if I could make that required reading for every high school student in the United States, I think this whole country would move in a different direction. But it is all, it's all about mindset. Yeah, it's a whole paradigm shift between fixed mindset and growth mindset. That's it. And, and it's not, I mean, it's easier said than done. And it's easy to, you know, to think that everybody, you know, it's easy to think like when Kevin and I outline a strategy in front of somebody that this is such a no brainer. Like a, most of my career, I've prided myself on just making things make sense and have it rhyme and reason why I'm doing things. But there are always those people you're going to come across and it's like, okay, you know what? You, you know, I remember Krasati and, and Chuck, you know, would always say you know, like, you can't save them all. And though, although we try to, and we worry sometimes Sometimes Kevin and I worry too much about the clients that we can't save and lose track on who we can save and who we can really move the needle on. And that's been something that I've been trying to work on myself and just giving everybody a fair shake, but just saying, okay, we have a great chance of success here with this person because they want it, because they understand it and they buy into what we're trying to do. Yeah. The other thing I like about what you do is um, 
you call it a strategy. Uh, you, you, you're not, you're not selling a product. I mean, you know, what's the lifespan, what's the statistical lifespan of a, um, of a website these days, right? 18 months at the most 18 months. And so it's not, you know, you ha- people have to be fully aware, Hey, look, this has an 18 month shelf life and then there's going to be something different or you're going to want something different. Um, and, and it's part of the evolution. The same happens with health. Look, this is, this is a long, we're in this for the long game. You know, I, you know, I, you know, when I was 18, I, I only worked out for aesthetics. Now it's like, man, I want to be a hundred years old and I want to snowboard with my great grandkids. You got to have grandkids first. I mean, don't put too much, too much pressure on Maddie and Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, what a lot of what Kevin and I always talk about, what Kevin always preaches is, you know, iterate and scale. You know, how do you do one thing? You know, I have on my whiteboard here in my office, it says, you know, do one great thing a day for each client. And like, how do you keep moving that momentum? How do you keep iterating? How do you keep building upon your past successes and scaling it and making it bigger and bigger and bigger? Because if you can do that, then you keep them in love and you keep them engaged with your process. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, and it's a large, large part of that is showing up every single day. And it, you know, I can't do it from my office and I can't do it at five different branches. So what I've had to do is try and work on creating a culture where they are showing up every single day and that they're present. It's all about strong relationships. You know, we're in the relationship business just as much as we're in the fitness and health business. Yeah, I can't agree more. I love it. You know, we always talk about, we don't chase revenue. We chase relationships and you know, that perfectly aligns. And it's the same. Yeah, that, that is a good and line. It's the same thing as like what you're talking about, Mike, like we don't do, we don't build websites. We don't deliver strategies. We don't execute content. We solve problems. And you know what, if you were, you know what I love about it, why I wanted to have you on on the, on the, on the show and we could talk about it, is it's amazing how you're trying to solve the problem of a bigger problem with fitness. You know, you're not trying to get – you're not getting people to work out. You're not getting people to do this. You're not getting people to do that. You're trying to solve a problem. You know, where in the past a lot of other fitness clubs or organiza- health organizations, they try to get you to do what they sell. And Susan Beyer, you know – you know, who I love dearly, you know, told us early on in the podcast, like a business, one of your own business problems is that somebody does not have what you are selling. You know, there's bigger things there. If you can focus on solving their problems, then you could start to cultivate and create the relationships. Absolutely. That's what a great line. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's the relationship piece. And even when I look at the fitness space, I, you know, I, I don't look at, oh, you know, uh, this health club opened over here or that health. I'm aware of it. I'll know what they have. I'll go, I'll go tour them. But my competition right now, as I see it, it's apathy. It's sedentarism. It's, it's, it's the couch, uh, and sugar. <laughs> we can go, you know, that's a whole right. podcast. Listen to Julie Foucher for more on sugar. Um, Oh yeah. You know, it, it's in, and it's creating that process with members, with a strategy. All, you know, all within, yep. you know, we're a mission driven, we're a nonprofit organization. We are mission driven. So it's, um, I, you know, I give my boss a lot of credit. He really focused us. We have three priorities. Um, 
empower youth, advance health, and um, strengthen communities. Oh, no, that's our mission. Hold on. Our priorities are um, early childhood impact, uh, after-school programming, and healthy communities. Those, that's our mission. Those are our focuses. Yep. We say no to a ton by maintaining oh, that focus. Yeah, I bet, you know, and also, you know, I, I did some work with the YMCA, the downtown Phoenix branch uh, a long time ago, and I've been a member. And actually, you know, funny story is our mother, you know, Kevin and I, uh, our mother, Sue, she is actually a preschool teacher at a YMCA in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. Yep, I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, we've talked about that. So <laughs> I think that, you know, one of the key things that you, you talked about is like your competition is not lifetime fitness down the street or Planet Fitness. I don't think Planet Fitness is anybody's competition in that space or like an EOS fitness that I belong to here in San Diego. Your competition is bigger and greater. You know, I also think that for what you guys do, you know, you're a lot like what Kevin and I always talk about is that we don't have any competition because we don't have any competition because there's no other marketing firm and web de WordPress development company in the world made up of Kevin, Greg, Nate, and our core culture. It's a lot like you. Like, I don't really think, you know, you guys have a competition because your initiatives are so aggressive and so much bigger than getting somebody a six pack of abs. Right. You know, and if you can focus on that, then that's where you start to really become a point of differentiation in the market. And you really set yourself apart from anybody else who may be in the health and, and wellness space. Yeah, you know, at, as long as people are moving, I really don't care where they choose to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because, I mean, I could see like your initiatives and your, 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 your fitness coaching system actually taking off past and being bigger than just the YMCA and the organization and having a YMCA, you know, mandates and, and protocols in other you know, fitness arenas. That that'd be that'd be fantastic. Let me launch it first. I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, in wrapping up here, Kevin, did you have any any last burning questions for Mike? You know, not a question, but I do love how, as the CEO COO, you're talking about culture. Yeah. You know, and the YMCA has YMCA has been around for quite a while, so. To have this new kind of culture thing come into your role is very cool to hear to me. Yeah, you know, we wouldn't um, we wouldn't be able to get much done if we didn't have a solid culture. We'd have high staff turnover, you know, morale, things like that. We have to um, really make sure we have, you know, uh, like in good to great, right people in the right seats, and then um, drive them. You know, one of the things I've I, I've loved about the Y is I'm an entrepreneur, which is why I. I kind of sought out people like oh, yeah. you and Gangplank, Greg, is I needed to be around other people yep. because echo chambers are the most dangerous thing in any industry. And the Y's got them. Any, any company's got them. We're so great. We're so great. You hear the same thing over and over. And I had to break out of those echo chambers on occasion. Hung out at WordCamp, hung out at um, Gangplank. Yep. I stood out. I don't know if I stood out, you know, I was all self-conscious because all you guys were, were grinding. Um, but having oh. having the mission and values aligned with me and aligned with people um, and then creating freedom within a framework, I mean, we just 
people are able to really fly. Yeah, it's amazing the echo chamber thing. You know, I have a lot of friends, and you have a lot of mutual friends. You know, with me who had to leave the gangplank and had to leave the you know the the, the valley of the sun here there in Phoenix because they ended up being the smartest ones in the room. And what happened was they weren't growing any longer. They were helping everybody else grow, which they were they were super grateful and super gracious to do. And God knows I I owe a lot to them. But what happened was you know. The echo chamber was so great where a lot of times you can start to believe your own, believe your own press. You know, I was always taught and I always try to remember, like, you're not as great as people say you are, but you're also not as shitty and lousy as people say you are, too. Some the, 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 the truth lies somewhere in the middle. So once you can get out of that into a more structured, collaborative environment where you really have like minded people. And, you know, I'm fortunate to work with very like-minded people who buy into what we want to do where nobody has more input than somebody else. And what happens is we end up doing some great stuff for a lot of people. So it's been, it's been an interesting journey for sure. And I'm glad that I'm glad to have known you all these years and, and watch you on your journey and have you be a part of mine and, and likewise, and definitely have you on the show. So if people want to find out more about your initiatives in the East Bay YMCA's, where can they go to get some information? Uh, it'll be on the um, it'll be on the Y website and uh, hopefully before January first, um, ymcaeastbay.org. And they can always follow me on Instagram. It's my favorite hangout at that at that coo. That's it. And and didn't your and didn't your your staff help you get that handle right? Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> I've known Mike so long. I know I know him before that, CEO. I know. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate catching up with you. I really appreciate and thank you so much, you know, to you and your family for not only being a part of our journey, but taking time from your vacation to speak with us and let us know more about what you guys got going on. Hey, my pleasure. Greg and Kevin, thank you. And uh happy new year. We'll see you in twenty nineteen. Absolutely. Kevin and I will both be out there to Bay Area to, to see you and we'll, we'll participate in your program. I can't wait to push a sled around with you. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. You were listening to Kevin and Greg talk to Mike Cassidy from the East Bay YMCA's in California. If you have a moment, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can get us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, all that good space, all those good places, and at trinitywebmedia.com slash iTunes. So until next time, Mike, you th- Mike, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, Kevin. Anytime, Greg. Thanks for...